Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Congratulations for you folks that's when graduating, either from high school or from college or grad school or law school or medical school. Well, you know what? They'll be looking for a job soon. If they're looking for a job, they got to look the part. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. they got a great, great line of clothing for your younger folks. And not necessarily something tailor-made, but also something custom-made. A wide variety of shirts, blouses, skirts, towels, you name it. Not towels, exactly. But you know what I'm talking about. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. I'm not really quite sure how to begin this segment of the program either. Start with the quality of mercy is not strange because it drops like the general rain of heaven or angels and ministers of grace defend us. But either one of those quotes is from Shakespeare, which means Bardfest is back uh, this summer and fall and lots of things going on, even uh, some non-Shakespearean plays in there as well. And so join us to talk about that is our good friend Glenn Dobbs. Glenn, my friend, always good to talk to you, my friend. How you been? Great to be here. It's great to be here again. Yeah. So how's Bardfest this year? Bardfest is great. This is probably our biggest year. We have... Uh I think it's eight shows. Uh, we're starting right now. We're, we've just completed our first weekend of a massive show called Angels in America. And then we go into our fall season where we have uh, the usual uh, Shakespeare shows. We have Titus Andronicus, which is a Friday the 13th on steroids. Every, <laughs> everybody dies. Uh, but there's your hockey mask and a chainsaw, though. Uh, That's a question. <laughs> it's pretty close. It's it's. Uh, there's a story about Titus I'll tell you about. Um, there's We have uh, Troilus and Cressida. We have As You Like It. Um, and then we have uh, a classic Ibsen play of uh, Hedda Gabler. And um, also we have a brand new play uh, called Bold Strokes for a Husband, which Sounds careful, but it's a very classic old 17th century play. Well, let's start with Angels in America, because I remember, uh, actually remember that being on HBO like years right. ago. Right. It was right. like an HBO series right. that ran for about a week or so. Uh, tell our audience, what is that all about? Well, it's the 30th anniversary of this really iconic show. Uh, it's uh, When it came out, was in the uh, early 90s, uh, and it was at the height of the AIDS epidemic. Um, and you and I are both old enough to remember those days uh, where- I remember Magic uh, Johnson going on the Arsenio Hall show. Oh, my he... goodness. Yeah. There is just- uh, And I was in my early medical training at the time, and I, I was in a hospital in Burbank, California, and uh, uh, we were seeing uh, one patient after another come in, and nobody knew it was going on and it was a really scary time and for the LGBTQ community it was particularly frightening because uh, the epicenter of the uh, uh, of the pandemic was in that population and um, what it ended up happening out of it was it ended up um, coalescing this community in, in a common cause and a common uh, uh, desire to to be more active and promoting what they uh, wanted to do and be more public and where they're at and Angels in America was a big uh, was a big force in that particular regard. Uh, what's the synopsis of it? It's a story of eight people. Um, um, going through the AIDS epidemic in New York. And one of them is one of the most interesting people, which ties into today's world, is was Roy Cohn, uh, Trump's uh, uh, former lawyer. Uh, Roy was a, a legendarily uh, snarling, notorious lawyer in the 1980s. Uh, he had a take-no-prisoners approach, never-say-you're-sorry, never-surrender kind of approach. Uh, he was Joseph McCarthy's uh, chief counsel during the McCarthy hearings. Uh, just a really rapidly... Uh, 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 dynamic person that was just going to take no prisoners wherever he went. And he was in the closet the entire time. And he uh, ended up dying of AIDS in 1986, right about the time Trump uh, 
said, I can't have anything more to do with you anymore. And he's a character in the play. He's the only true character in the play. Um, I know uh, you have a, 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 an excellent cast. We'll work with all of them at, at some point in time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, 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 they're really an amazing. We, we've assembled really some of the top actors in the city to perform this incredible play. Uh, it takes place over two parts. It's uh, Each play is... Uh, it was described to me like watching an HBO miniseries uh, uh, where you kind of want to binge all of it at once. Uh, the uh, series of episodes that occur over the course of six years in the lives of these people where it jumps around from uh, incredible comedy to uh, poignant tragedy to an angel coming and uh, actually appearing in the room. Now, this is at, uh, at Butler University. It's at Butler University. It's at the Trot Center for the Arts, uh, right next to Clues Hall. Uh, you can find out all about it, tickets and information at IndieBardFest.com. Uh, it's a very rare show to see. You don't often get to see this show. Uh, and it's it, it hasn't been performed in Indiana in over 15 years. And now, here's a question, because whenever you deal with... Uh, plays like that there's always a question of like does it does it still fit the period of today oh my goodness yes the message is still very resonant today because think about what our current uh, environment is today about people uh, fighting uh, oppression people fighting uh, to be heard people fighting for their rights uh, this is the same message of this play it hasn't changed I mean for goodness sakes when you listen to some of the dialogue of Roy Cohn in the play it's like you're listening to uh, Donald Trump you're listening to uh, Indiana, not Indiana issues. That's my other television. That's my other TV show. <laughs> getting, getting confused here. Uh, our guest on the program today is our good friend Glenn Dobbs, the head of uh, Indie Bart Fest. Uh, talking about uh, what's coming up this season, Titus Andronicus. Titus Andronicus. <laughs> Titus Andronicus is a slasher play. Um, here's the funny thing about Titus Andronicus: uh, it is it was probably Shakespeare's uh, least well-written play, uh, but it was his most popular at the time it was out. Thirteen people are murdered uh, in this play. Uh, hands are cut off, tongues are cut out. Uh, people, the villains are baked in a pie and uh, served to the, uh, uh, the villainous of the play. And it was it's it's so over the top, crazy and uh, violent that uh, it was a massive seller. And uh, our good friend uh, who you've worked with before, Mr. Matt Anderson, is making his directorial de- debut with the show. Uh, so if you remember the old Gallagher comedian where you sit in the splash zone and you yeah, splash by stuff. The big hammer and the watermelon. You want to sit. <laughs> it's not watermelon. <laughs> you need to sit in the fourth row because there is. It's 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 fantastic. It's it's a fantastic show. It's it's one that you should definitely see. But it is definitely a Halloween show. How did you how did you manage to do all the special effects? <laughs> Uh, you have to come and see it. <laughs> have to come and see it. Uh, the um, um, using stage blood and stage effects are always kind of an interesting thing to do. It has a big shock value, and there's a way you have to do it in such a, uh, such a way that it doesn't look. It, it, it's effective to telling the story. It isn't just pouring blood out just for the it's, sake it's, of doing it's it. It's not the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. <laughs> it almost is because everybody dies in this show. And uh, But it's still a fantastic show. Uh, it's one of uh, Shakespeare's most popular ever done. We also have uh, Troilus and Cressida, the, the, the great uh, Greek war, the Trojan War, uh, where you get Helen of Troy and uh, 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 this wonderfully romantic story between... Uh, uh, that uh, kind of rivals Romeo and Juliet. Then we have the classic As You Like It. 
um, the um, which is a pastoral comedy, pretty similar to a lot of Shakespeare plays in terms of a uh, uh, boy, a uh, girl goes to the woods to avoid getting caught, so dresses as a boy, uh, falls in love with another boy, but it's dressed as a boy at the same time, and comedy ensues uh, with it. So it just kind of crazy stuff. Today, <laughs> I know, I know exactly, and we have Medea. Uh, the classic Greek play Medea is being performed. Okay, for the now first we say time. Medea. You're not talking Tyler Perry. No, no, Medea. No, we're talking <laughs> uh, uh, the classic play. So you once more affronted the head of Corinth. This is not the first time I've seen what a fool anger is. You know, it's just amazing uh, uh, a showcase for a, a, a female actor actress uh, to really strut her stuff. Uh, how well does Shakespeare still hold up? It's been around for 400 years. It's still doing pretty well. <laughs> It's, it's the greatest stories ever written. Almost every story you hear on, you see on Netflix, on any other thing you see, is pretty much started with Shakespeare. Well, I always jokingly said there are basically only five real storylines. Everything else is just a variation of boy meets girl, boy loses girl. Exactly. Girl exactly. meets girl, girl, boy meets boy. It's all... And and they're marvelously accessible stories. Uh, you have love, romance, uh, violence, uh, swords, uh, uh Pillage and robbery and every all the other gamut of human emotions—they're all there. Our guest on the program today is my good friend Glenn Dobbs. Glenn is the head of Indie Bard Fest, Bard Fest, which you can find at indiebardfest.com. Uh, by the way, uh, lots of plays uh, coming up uh, this summer and as well as uh, this fall as well. So we're always good to have uh, Glenn in studio. Uh, we're talking about uh, Shakespeare and just sort of—you know—they're only like really like five or six storylines. How does the audience? Um, for like, I guess, for lack of a better word, take it because because the the it's written in a different in different language, different meter, mm-hmm. and it's not written in in our modern day English. Yeah, but Shakespeare in Shakespeare's time, he 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 was a mass media person. He performed for for uh, not royalty. He performed for the common people, and uh, they had no education, couldn't read or write, and they filled up the entire uh, place. And so, the plays are meant to be understood. They're meant to be. Uh, uh, challenging they're meant to to stimulate you uh the poetry and the words are meant to stir you like no other play can um it's it's um if you don't like shakespeare it's because you've seen bad shakespeare but when you see it done well like for example Two or three years ago, we did Henry IV, and we had an amazing king uh, who did it, who did it very well. Uh, the um, uh, then the story comes alive, you know. And as you remember from that play, that was a story of a father and a son, and and the relationship that they had, and uh, uh, and how human that story was against the backdrop of of war and suffering and um, just gorgeous poetry. All right, coming in three. Two, one. Glenn Dobbs with us on the program today, uh, the head of Indie Bard Fest. We're talking about Bard Fest and uh, Shakespeare, and just sort of uh, something to sort of get you out of the house a little bit. Um, how how's the how's the live theater doing these days? Because obviously. Well, you know, like everything else, after the pandemic, it, it took a big hit, and people are slowly coming back into theater uh, and uh, being able to uh, enjoy this form of art that they haven't been able to enjoy before. So houses are getting back to where they usually are now uh, with it. There's still some some places that still are seeing lower numbers than they used to do, but we're doing pretty well in our, what our 
product is. So any sort of mass mandates or anything like that, or is that all? <laughs> uh, it's up to individual theaters. Uh, the way Bardfest works, since we work at seven different uh, theaters, uh, we don't go in and, and insist that they have to do whatever they wish to do. It's up to the owners of the theater and their board how they wish to do it, and where we come in and provide the service for them. Uh, but most, for the most part, masks are, are no longer being used, and uh, um, you know people are coming in and enjoying it as a normal experience. Yeah, it's been kind of hard to do Shakespeare with a mask on. <laughs> It's been done. <laughs> it's been done, but it's a little hard to hear. Uh, you know, through that, it's 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 a challenge for sure. We did uh, during the pandemic. We did an outdoor show. I don't know if you remember. We uh, did a touring show in outdoor parks, and we were a long way away from folks and uh, did the show, and that worked really well. But uh, doing it inside the theater, it's it's a real challenge. Now, especially since you're you're talking and you're spitting and yeah. all this kind of stuff, and yeah. Now, sometimes when when people hear uh, Shakespeare. They're like, oh my God, I'm going back to my you know, high school sophomore, yeah. you know, British literature class. I was bored out of my mind. Yeah. How do you how do you how do you modernize it and but still maintain the integrity of the shows? My argument to you is: Do you do you like uh, espionage thrillers? Yeah. Do you like a good romance? Yeah. Do you like a good murder mystery? Yeah. Do you like uh, any of a number of different plots? Well, I've got all of them, and I've got all of them told better than what you ever heard before. Uh, you know, there was an old... Uh, <laughs> There was a movie out a number of years ago called Shakespeare in Love, and, and uh, Judy Dench, the legendary actress, goes to a boy and says, did you like the play? They were doing Romeo and Juliet. And he looked at her and says, well, I like the part where she stabbed herself. <laughs> you know, which is a, so we've got something for everybody. You know, if you, um, so when it's done well, and we do it very well, um, there's nothing like it. It's the most engrossing theater that you can watch. It's the most entertaining. It's funny. If you want soaring poetry, we've got it. If you want fart jokes, we've got it. Uh, we, you know, everything's there. And so uh, I encourage people to to uh, turn off Netflix and come on down and and uh, take a look at some live theater and uh, really enjoy themselves because there's a lot of good work going on in town. Glenn Dobbs, Andy Bartfest, with us for a few more minutes on the program today as we talk about uh, sort of Shakespeare, not Shakespeare. Not necessarily Shakespeare in the park, uh, so to speak, but just Shakespeare here uh, in Indianapolis and in central Indiana. Um, with cancel culture these days, mm -hmm. how do you do the shows? Or do you have to worry about that? Or just just keep it going? Or uh, okay, we have to change this or people might be offended? Or I think you have to be a little sensitive to... Um what was culturally okay at the time uh, and we're also talking years like, ago. Well, it's like in 1500s, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, 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 what was culturally okay at the time, which today would not be entertaining and not okay. A good example is the famous play Taming of the Shrew, which is a very, very funny play. Uh, but if you look at it the way it's performed... The the woman is pretty much abused uh, in a very strong sense. If it sense is light, all the way it's through. dark. You will say it's dark. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 pretty classic domestic abuse. And although Shakespeare tries to find the humor in that, in today's audience, that's that's a little tougher sell. So we have to try to stage it in such a way where we can still keep the integrity of what Shakespeare is trying to do without presenting a product that is uh, inherently disturbing to some folks. Um, the uh, In um, some other plays, there are um, uh, comments about African-Americans that are just 
Merchant of Venice. Well, Merchant of Venice <laughs> uh, about uh, anti-Semitism uh, that are just you just can't say that today. It's not a matter. It's not a matter of worrying about being canceled. It's about just good manners, you know, with it. And so we try to still keep the integrity of what what we're looking at at the same time, uh, uh, trying to be cognizant of that we're looking at a, an audience in 2023 and not an audience in the 1623. Yeah, 1623. <laughs> exactly right. Which which brings to my other question. Have you ever had any uh, sort of actors or people who may be new to Shakespeare like uh, Glenn? I can't really say this line because I really don't feel comfortable doing that thing. Uh, well, I had this one guy in Henry Four once. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, no, we really haven't had that. Um, we have had actors come in who feel strongly about certain themes. Uh, for example, uh, in Titus Andronicus, there is a very very violent sexual assault that occurs. Uh, it is it is really violent. Um, and it's uh, horrifying, you know, th- that this would occur. Uh, but that's part of the plot of this particular horror show. And so you try to provide disclaimers for folks and letting them know what they're going to see uh, with it so that they, they are prepared when they come in and they're not suddenly shocked that that's going on. Um, you know, even plays like Hamlet have all kinds of genitalia jokes that are built into the thing that if everybody completely understood everything that was going on, it would have a rated R uh, thing on it in no time at all, you know, with it. So um, we try to stay cognizant. We're, we're, we're a mature organization. This is our 40th. I don't know if you knew this. Angels is our 40th show since the festival was founded. Wow. That's a lot of shows. <laughs> so if somebody wants uh, more ticket information or showtimes, where can they go? Where can they find out, my friend? Uh, two things. One, see Angels in America. It is an amazing show. You won't often get a chance to see it. It's been ye- decades since it's been done here. Uh, but all of the information for everything is at IndieBardFest.com. Right. Glenn Dobbs, the head of Indie Bart Fest and IndieBardFest.com. My friend, always good to talk to you. Uh, nothing about the best of luck this weekend. And go see Angels in America. Thanks for having me. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.